Room for Two, Episode 1. We're supposed to name these things? Hey everybody, welcome to Shroom for Two. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. And uh, we looked around and saw that there weren't any Plants vs. Zombies Heroes podcasts, so we are giving it a shot to make one of those happen. It feels so weird, like like it's like discovering an element not on the periodic table. What do, what do you mean there's not a podcast for this thing? Yeah, and I mean, we definitely talk about this game every day for a long time. You know, we... I certainly play this game for several hours most days, um, and I've got a lot to say about it. Same here, and you'll hear all of it, whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should talk about uh, how we found this game and just sort of what our background is with games like this, um, because I certainly have been playing games like this for pretty much my whole life. I started playing Magic when I was in kindergarten in 1994, and uh, pretty much ever since then, card games have been in my bloodstream. You know, I played a bunch of paper card games. I got into Hearthstone when that happened. And uh, I also love Plants vs. Zombies. I've played probably 100 hours of that on Steam or something like that. When I saw that there was a Plants vs. Zombies CCG made, in fact, by some people that used to work on Magic, according to Mark Rosewater. Mark Rosewater, the lead designer of Magic. I... Uh, just thought that it was pretty much tailor-made for me, um, and <laughs> lo and behold, it was. Oh, that was completely un- completely unintentional. But for real, though, this is like a really fantastic game and definitely one of my favorites, um, if not my actual favorite digital card game. I don't have that extensive of a card game background. I mean, I played some Yu-Gi-Oh! back from like 2005 to seven, and then a whole bunch of Hearthstone throughout the years since it's been a thing, and... Then, like, a year and change ago, you told me about this, and I checked it out because I also played a whole bunch of the first Plants vs. Zombies and a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies too. but I have that problem where, like, I played the first one on a PC and the second one's only available on a phone, so I'm not used to, like, sure. playing around on a screen that tiny. But, you know, maybe maybe one day I'll get a company iPad and try that again. <laughs> um, I did uh, I did play a fair amount of Plants vs. Zombies 2, and it is a really tremendous game. It... It unfortunately, not to trash talk the people who are making the game, um, it is a little bit too freemium for me. You know, there's kind of a lot of timers and a lot of whatever going on. But it, um, it is if Plants vs Zombies and Tower Defense games are your thing, like Plants vs Zombies Two is definitely one of the best ones of those ever to exist. And neither of us have checked out like Garden Warfare or anything like that, right? Oh no, I haven't ever played that. I'm not even really sure what that is. It's like a third-person shooter, 3D. But anyways, that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about only one of those games. Yes, uh, this podcast is about Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, the collectible card game with Plants vs. Zombies theming. You know, it's very silly. It's very, you know, slapstick in its humor like Plants vs. Zombies is. A lot of really bad pun names for cards. Oh, yeah. Lots of puns. Lots of, you know, kind of dad-jokey flavor text. While still being, you know, a tremendously deep game and that you can really sink your teeth into if you want to, you know, think tactically and build decks and do cool combos. You know, there's there's a lot to say. So we both came from a Hearthstone background and we're both playing more of this than Hearthstone, right? Absolutely. I haven't played Hearthstone in, in quite a long time. Yeah, I I've check in on it like, you know, I'll, I'll play the Tavern Brawl every week, but that's about it. And I, I, 
I was real hardcore into it for a while, and, like, PBC Heroes just took that entire card game-shaped hole in my life and, and filled it perfectly. I mean, there, there are some things about Hearthstone that I wish Plants vs. Zombies Heroes had. I did like to play Arena, you know, in some kind of some kind of way besides the daily challenges to, to play with a deck that I didn't make myself, I think would be pretty interesting. I think that the, the tavern brawl in Hearthstone, you know, where the rules are weird or, or something like that is, is something that the, the player versus player stuff in Plants vs. Zombies could do more with. Um, and I imagine we'll probably see it eventually. Yeah. Since we already get single player versions of weird rules pretty much every day, it, it can't be that much longer before they give us some weird rule multiplayer something yeah i i I think it's probably like a question of player base you know they don't want to cannibalize like the people playing on the ladder versus you know the people playing in the weird cues kind of thing i think one of the things that i really like about pvc heroes is that you can't get matched up against somebody running the same deck as you that is a very good point like i i always like when i'm playing hearthstone and somebody is running the same priest deck that I am, then, like, I start to get all freaked out about, oh, man, this guy's going to be so much better using this deck than I am, or he's going to get, like, better shuffling luck and just wipe the floor with me. But sure. that's not something I have to worry about. Like, if I'm playing click peas, they're not playing click peas. Or, right, you know, exactly. If, if I'm playing sports, then they're not playing sports, and that, that has me feeling good. Yeah, and, and especially because, you know one of the decks that ends up being good in card games like this are kind of, you know, controlling decks that take a long time and, you know, just kind of want to draw cards and play removal spells and, and do things like that. And if you are in a, you know, mirror match of two control decks that just kind of want to, you know, noodle around and, and not really play creatures that do stuff, um, those games can take quite a long time. And, you know, the, the gameplay for the plants and for the zombies is different enough that you know you never really feel like you're you're matched up against someone doing the exact same thing you know even if even if they are also trying to survive to the late game to stick a crazy bomb you know or you know fill the board up and cast a a bad moon rising or you know do something we'll talk about later with the the heart of choke venus flytrap planet like life gain combo you know there's there's ways to disrupt it and you're you're not really doing the same sorts of stuff in order to try to survive to the late game. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a very dynamic experience. One other thing that pushed me from Hearthstone to PVZ Heroes is that the Hearthstone app is a little over two gigs at this point, whereas the Heroes app is about a third of that size. And I have a 16 gig phone, so that is a real, like, life decision I have to make. If I want to put Hearthstone on there, I got to get rid of some things. That is a good point. Something else I think that is is not to be overlooked is the portrait mode, like holding your phone in portrait mode. Like I find that very refreshing to be able to just have my phone in my hand the way that I always have my phone in my hand and be playing a super fun game where I'm doing all kinds of card game stuff and you know I don't have to hold my phone sideways like some kind of dingus walking down the street. I'm able to like just do it in a more natural way. <laughs> One of the things we like to do on the show is talk about the weekly event card that you get uh, for doing the the tickets and the 10x heroes and so on. And uh, this one that we had this past week, we're recording this on Monday the 18th, so it'll probably be a different card by the time you hear this. But the card we were just playing for this week is Go Nuts. It is a... I actually don't have it in front of me, like some I kind of... 
It is a person. Okay. It is a three mana, uh, two attack, two health. It is a it's a a smarty class, so gray, and it has team up. And when you play a team up plant, all of your team up plants get plus one attack. Yeah, and it's a it's a nut flower, or its tribes, which are two relevant tribes. Yeah, so it's a weird combination, and even weirder that it also has bean synergy because of all the the bean cards that have team up. Yeah. Um. So. I think that this is probably not one of the best ones they've ever released, but it is definitely pushed hard enough that you will see decks that try to maximize this as their primary game plan. The daily challenges this week have shown how huge that card can get playing, you know, the go nuts on turn three and then on turn four playing, you know, a cosmic bean and conjuring a bean and then playing another bean. And then all of a sudden on turn four, you've played what are supposed to be just some dinky little one ones, but you've actually added seven power to the board or something crazy. I think go nuts is going to be a, a very solid build around me that we'll be playing with a lot. I certainly will be playing with it a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's weird that the go nuts is interesting enough that you'll actually consider putting just four zero six walnuts mm-hmm. in your deck because if you drop those off they all get boosted and you know if you can get your 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 field full of nuts you know past that that uh that two attack magic number and have it safe from weed spray that's very true that is one of the main weaknesses of decks that are trying to do lots of bean stuff or trying to have a lot of nuts in play and then win with triggered activations on mirror nut and things that all of your creatures have you know, zero, one, or two attack usually, and you can get really blown out by weed spray when you, you know, you spend your whole turn developing your giant board or, you know, maybe playing a navy bean and drawing some cards and dealing some damage and things like that. But then, you know, when when they have a three-mana card that can sweep your entire board, you really can't come back from that, especially if they have it on the turn that you, you know, when you empty your hand. Yeah, my main concern is, like, while its attack gets larger, its health stays at two unless you play some other card to buff that. And there's a lot of cards out there that can wipe that wipe that out easily. Either sumo zombie moving it to an unfavorable lane, or disco butt, or last mission, and that like, if you see someone play a go nuts against you, that is like a big signal of being like, hey, if you don't destroy this right away, I'm going to steamroll you with it. Because you don't, you don't put that in your deck unless you're planning on building a deck around and that. It's a very good reason to include cards like that in your deck to snipe their, their crazy combo piece. Um, and I think that that is a good segue into what heroes this card works the best in. Um, as we mentioned, it's a smarty plant, so uh, the gray heroes are the ones that can use it, and at this time, that's Citron, Beta Caratina, Green Shadow, and Rose. Oh, and also Nightcap. And so those have kind of differing amounts of synergy with what Go Nuts tries to get you to include a lot of in your deck. I think the the two most powerful ones are Citron and Beta Caratina. They are Absolutely. They're the Guardian and Smarty cards. And so they both have the two uh, tribes that have a lot of team-up plants, Nuts and Beans, in in faction. So you have a lot of those. 
and including all the the combo stuff that goes along with them. So like I mentioned, Navy Bean and Planet of the Grapes and things to, you know, draw cards and deal them damage to their face or um, Mirror Nut and all the the nuts and things like that uh, in the Guardian class. Big, strong, well-statted team-up plants like Garlic and Peanut and even Water Chestnut. Yeah, water, water Chestnut is is a shockingly uh, shockingly good card for how unassuming it looks. It's a two-mana 0-8 with Amphibious and team-up, and so it looks like it's supposed to just block, and it certainly can block, but when uh, you're blocking the three-mana 2-2 two -two that on turn five is a three-mana 7-2, you can get a lot of value out of just a cheap blocker very quickly. Also, high-end legendary cards like Pop and Poppies and Walnut Bowling, which bring out three team-up plants all at once, if you can keep it alive that late in the game. Not to mention uh, Piconolith, the five-mana 0-7 that says all plants and zombies attack with their health instead of their attack, because uh, chances are you're going to have walnut or some other kinds of you know large health creatures to protect your combo piece and piconolith can allow those to be a win condition on their own um, which i think is a good uh place to start talking about what about these heroes are better and worse in context of 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 go nuts as we learned today in the daily challenge citron has a lot of superpower synergy with with go nuts so one of the hero powers makes a card with team up, so then that triggers the go nuts and also lets you block and so on. And then it has the the um, give it give a plant plus two health and it can't be damaged this turn. Uh, so that is also very good at keeping go nuts alive. But my perspective on that is that those are better at going all in on go nuts than beta caratina's uh superpowers are but that beta caratina's superpowers are better in both games where you don't draw go nuts and games where what you need is to either move someone out of the way for uh to keep your go nuts safe or to just draw more team up plants um to fuel the combo i think that beta caratina while also having, you know, kind of generally higher power level than Citron's superpowers is the the hero that I would choose personally to to build around Go Nuts right now. What do you think about that? I agree. I the thing I like about Beta Caratina's superpowers is I feel really good about my opening hand regardless of what hand what cards I get. That's a good point. Like if I get a bunch of, you know, four and five cost cards from my mulligan and, like, I get one of those supers, I'll still have something to do turn one and turn two, most likely. Mm -hmm. um, but my only concern about uh, squeezing this in to Beta Caratina specifically is that I think the Guardian class is really, really good, and there are so many really good cards you can put in a Guardian deck that I don't, I don't know if... I don't know if going the, uh, the Go Nuts route is your best plan considering all of the different tools they have. That is reasonable. It's also, um, I mentioned Beans as being one of the the tribes that goes well with the Go Nuts uh, strategy. One of the best ways to do the Beans strategy is to play Green Shadow, because you have access to the Green Beans that don't have Team Up, 
um, but are just extremely powerful cards. So you've got Black Eyed P, two mana, two, three, that gets bigger every time the zombie plays a trick. So that is just an incredible card. Uh, the I forget the name, but it's the three mana, two, five, that when it deals damage, you shuffle uh, the one mana, four, four into your deck. Um, the moon bean. moon bean, yes, that's that's extremely good. Uh, blocks well and also fills your deck with good cards. And so, if you're trying to do just the general navy bean strategy, those are very good, and they're also quite good on their own. And so, I think even though you don't have a lot of the the very powerful guardian cards to protect the go nuts and to just be good at shoring up the games where you don't draw the go nuts that the green cards that you get as a consequence of playing green shadow could be well worth it. And especially when you start to think about potted powerhouse, um, you know, trying to get sort of have that combo in your deck as well. Potted powerhouse gets bigger while it's in your hand. Every time a creature gains attack or health, I think is how that goes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and so if you're filling your board with team-up plants, you are going to possibly get four or five or even six activations of Potted Powerhouse in a single turn. And so when you play it, and it's a 12-12, um, that they need to deal with that right away. And if they spent their removal getting rid of your go-nuts, which was also putting tons of power on the board, you can sort of force them to overextend and then slam your giant bomb. Yeah. Uh, Green Shadow also gets the uh, the Sweet Potato, which is a one-mana team-up plant that moves a zombie around. And if you play that with go-nuts on the board, that becomes a 2-3. So it's like a it's like a sumo zombie for one, which that sounds really good. And protects the go-nuts as well. Yeah. Yeah, that seems quite good. Then there's Rose, which, you know, Solar has a couple of team-up cards, mostly... Uh, zero attack sun generators those are good i mean i as we'll talk about this later but my 10x here plant hero this week was chompzilla and so i've been playing a deck that has a lot of sunflowers in it and and those are not to be discounted just either to block or to in my case i was buffing them with lily of the valley but go nuts buffs them just as well and you know it's still not going to be a great card to draw on turn 10 as you know, one mana zero one that doesn't really do anything, but the fact that it gives you more mana to dump your hand later and also triggers go nuts on the turn you play it, I think is it's not nothing. And it's another another tool you can put into a bean deck as well with Rose. Rose has a pretty good bean repertoire. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, Nightcap, which I I didn't even think about this as an option, but I I saw it on the ladder the other day. And um, all those little uh, one ones that Shroom Grotto, the environment, pops out, those all have team up. That's true. So that's a recipe for some pretty wild turns, providing you can keep them all alive, especially if you tack on things like Berry Angry. You can have a very large board full of high attack things. Also, um, Pear Paradise, which is a card I do not have, but it's the, uh, the environment that when you play a plant here, gain another plant with team up. That, so that, you know, you could play a Go-Nuts on there and have two of them. Yeah, that's, and that, they, they start buffing. That's definitely a crazy combo enabler. Um, I've, uh, I've not seen that too many times. I think I own one of those, but um, it is, 
it it can be quite scary. I forget what the person copied the one the one time I saw it get played, but you know that that is not to be discounted. Um, and I believe that the 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 go nuts copy that would come in off of the pair paradise trigger would would trigger the first go nuts. Um, and so you know you'd play what is pair paradise cost four or five? Yeah, it costs four. Four. Um, so turn four, you play that. Turn five, you play go nuts and get a copy. Uh, and then play like I don't know, Shroom like for a, two. a Shroom for Two or or a Cosmic Bean or something like that. Um, and that's what would that be? I can't do the math in my head at this moment, but that's you know close to ten power coming into play all on the same turn. And on turn five, that's not too shabby. Well, uh, one last concern I have about um, about some of these Go Nuts decks is a lot of the team up cards have very little health. So if you're up against a a crazy hero who still runs the chickening, they can just do two damage to your entire board and make you quit right there. So that's something to definitely watch out for when when building some of these decks. Do, is there anything else we want to say about Go Nuts? I don't think so, except that it's awesome and I'm going to play the pants off it. Yeah, I, I need to hurry up and, and grind out my fourth one so I can I can build a, a shiny new nut deck. I really wish I had Pecanolith, because that sounds like a, a great alternate win condition to put yeah. into this kind of deck. I've only got one, but it is it is real good, let me tell you. I believe it. Moving on to what we've been playing, the game encourages us to uh, build around a certain hero each week in order to get more of the event tickets, and... My hero this week for the for the zombie side was Brain Freeze. My my plant hero was Grass Knuckles, but I kept getting beat by the Smash, so I decided to play Zombie for a bit. And I ended up making a a weird kind of controly deck, I guess. It's, I, it's definitely very top heavy. That's the deck is in the show notes, by the way. We should mention that. Yeah, it's it, it's a very it, it's very greedy in that it doesn't contain a lot of cheap cards. A lot more like four, five, six cost cards and only a couple of of creatures that cost two you're you're definitely trying to overwhelm them with card quality in the late game and if if i don't get immediately steamrolled by click it does pretty well for for early cards it has fire rooster which i love because it kills a lot of things when it enters the board you know like things like shroom for two and forget me nuts and other little things with one health is just wipe those out and it will require the plant player to throw another card at it to kill it. And even then, it, it jumps out of the way most of the time. Yep. And then you can buff it with with things like the, the Area 22 environment card, which gives it 2-2 in Frenzy, or, or Brain Freeze's Galvanized superpower to give it plus 2-2, and those make it a really good target for Synchronized Swimmer, another uh, cheap card in my deck, which copies the stats of another thing you have on the board. But I think the thing I love about this deck the most is the Trapper Zombie, the uh, the four mana three three that gives you the the environment that does one damage to plants. Because when you're a sneaky hero and you play a gravestone on turn four, people just assume it's a pogo bouncer and play around that accordingly. But when the Trapper pops up, it can create an environment or even better get rid of a plant environment so if your opponent doesn't think too much and throws down a a bigger environment like the the force field or the venus flytrap planet 
or the pair paradise you just immediately wipe over that and you have a 3-3 creature on the board i love this card it's an environment and a monster all in one card yeah i when it was it was the event card like four or five months ago i think um probably less than that more recent than that because it came out from set two because it's an environment guy oh sure of course um but i i did not pick up on that idea that the the gravestone trigger making an environment could be a source of card advantage. I was more thinking of it's basically like a four mana three, three that when it comes into play, you deal a damage to a thing, which I think is pretty underwhelming. There are a lot of very good sneaky and beastly cards that could fill that slot instead. But when you have these build around me environments like pair paradise or Venus flytrap planet, the fact that this comes into play and not only effectively draws you a card because you neutralize one of their cards, neutralizes the card that their entire deck is built around, that is extremely good. Plus, you can use Mixed Up Gravedigger to throw it back underground and give yourself another one. It's true. And the my favorite thing about the uh, the Trapper environment is its combination with the, the Zombot Sharktronic Sub, one of the, the sneaky legendaries that... I just got a third one of those today from my... Uh, from my daily challenge reward pack and i'm jealous of that i don't have any it's lovely and amazing and it is my son and i love it because every time something takes damage from the trapper territory while the shark bot is on the field it just gets destroyed immediately and the shark bot gets more powerful yeah the shark bot effectively gives all your creatures deadly and the shark bot getting bigger is just gravy It, it just means that even your bad cards will trade one for one at minimum with whatever cards that they play and then you've just got the added gravy of fire rooster or other random pingers being able to come into play and immediately kill a thing which is just bananas and then you play a synchronized swimmer and get another 11-5 yeah so so the, the thing that that i see about this deck just at at first glance, I, I don't own most of these cards, so I've not really played a deck like this. Yeah, it, it it's kind of an expensive deck, and I'm sorry for, for our free-to-play listeners out there, but we'll we'll try to do some cheaper decks in the future. Sure. Uh, yeah, there, this is—I wonder what the dust cost of this, of this deck would be, certainly in five digits. But anyway, this deck is very top-heavy, like I mentioned before. You've got probably more than half of your deck costs four or more. Yep. And— You've got some some good cheap creatures, you know, to to play in the early game. You've got uh, Cheese Cutter and Vengeful Cyborg and Fire Rooster and so on, but you don't have as much removal as I would expect for a deck that wants to survive to play, you know, Nurse Gargantuar. That Frozen Mustache kind of buys you some time, and the the Tentacle thing I don't know what that's called, but the Tentacle thing does do a pretty good job of killing stuff, but at three mana, it's pretty clunky. I I disagree. I think it is a wonderful bargain compared to like that five mana locust swarm that immediately destroys a thing. Because of all the environments in this deck, you almost always get to that uh, added bonus of giving a plant minus six six, which that 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 is a great way to to save your arse. Uh, if your plant opponent plays Lily in the Valley and then something on Heights, you can immediately neutralize that and save yourself until turn four. That's a, that's a very good point, and I mean, Fire Rooster is removal of, in its own way, and, and Pogo Bouncer does bounce a thing, but I mean, I, I guess I would have, if I was making a deck like this, I would have tried to include 
because you've mentioned ClickPea as uh, as a problematic thing, I would have maybe tried to do something like either a cheap spell that that deals damage or even something like line dancing zombie, just a way Ooh, to yeah. deal with something that, you know, they turtle up with the click P behind a, a torchwood and, you know, all of a sudden you're taking a million, um, line dancing zombie is very good at clearing stuff like that up. That's a very good suggestion. I, I don't think about line dancing zombie a lot because for the longest time I only ever had one, but I think I have two or three. I have three now, so that is a, a reasonable uh, tech-in. I might take out uh, a couple of these cheese cutters because cheese cutter is great, but I don't really like playing it on turn one because it like it usually, it usually just, just dies. dies. Yeah. Honestly, I would shave uh, pogo zombie. The four mana two two bounce a thing. That's a really good card, but you have a lot of fours here. Um, and I mean, I think one of the so the line dancing zombie, which we didn't say what it was. It's a three mana three one with gravestone, and when you reveal it, you move it to a new lane, and it has strike through, so it it kills everything in the lane basically. And I think that uh, on turn four, being able to flip up your line dancing zombie and then play a card like a superpower or a one-mana support spell of some kind is is a pretty reasonable thing to do. I can't off the top of my head think of what the the good one-mana support cards in Beastly and Sneaky are. I mean, you obviously don't want to be secret agenting your, your land dancing zombie. That's pretty slow, and you don't get to attack with it. Nib- nibble, I guess, because that gives you a little bit of healing too. Like, sure. if I didn't have the Nurse Gargantars, I'd probably replace those with Nibbles just to give myself a, a source of healing. Yeah. Um, the And I guess to, to, to go back a little, one of the reasons I wouldn't cut Cheese Cutter is because it's a, it's a cheap creature that's good in the late game. So if you're if you're both top decking, you know, like the, the game has gone on a long time and you've both just got like a creature in play and there's a bunch of open lanes... Uh, chances are that cheese cutter is going to be able to to connect in that circumstance, and you can draw some incredibly good cards off of the cheese cutter trigger. You can get like King of the Grill. You can get um, even like uh, Gargantuar's Feast. You know, crazy things that that get big. Um, and I mean, you're you have no shortage of cards to do well in the late game if you draw them off the top anyway. So I guess that's less important in this case, but I think that given that your your primary weakness seems to be getting steamrolled in the early game, even just having, you know, a body to block with is is a reasonable thing. Yeah, I, I could also pull some of these more expensive legendaries out because Plankwalker is great, but uh, surviving until turn eight is not a given. Yeah, it's true. And Nurse Garg, like I said, you can there are other ways to heal. Uh, Space Cowboy is just really nice to have in general. Like, uh, it feels like it makes every deck better. Space Cowboy's busted. I I'm I don't don't tend to be someone who complains about how good cards are because like you know something has to be the best. But Space Cowboy, four mana three five with strike through that when it deals damage to the plant hero it moves to the right, which means it attacks again. If you have some open lanes, which you often do on turn four, you can. You can attack for 12 in one turn, and, and it just, oh my god. It's kind of a combo finish all contained in one card, and so it just doesn't, I don't know, kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. It feels like the kind of legendary you should really only be allowed to have one of at the most. Sure, that is a very good point. I mean, and, you know, so when you think about mixed-up Gravedigger, 
which was originally a super rare but got upgraded. If you have no board, is just a five mana five five of gravestone that doesn't do anything. But if you have no board, a space cowboy could just be you win. And I think that it's good for cards that are going to be crazy, bonkers, legendaries to kind of require a little bit of support. You know, that's I guess my little rant about space cowboy. This deck doesn't have a lot of ways to draw extra cards, so it it relies a lot on making good trades with your opponent early on, which is a little frustrating, and I'm not entirely sold on Area 22 as an environment. Like, yeah, 2-2 and Frenzy is nice, and it makes uh, your synchronized swimmers better because it can copy off of those stats. That's true. I didn't think of that. I might swap it out for uh, Laser Base Alpha, the the environment that gives your your zombies strike through and deadly, because having a mixed up Gravedigger in that lane is like that that just feels so unfair and wonderful. Area twenty two, excuse me. Area twenty two is a seems kind of like a win more card to me, you know, where it can help you in a trade and it can increase the the clock if you need to kill them quickly, but it it seems like. In most of the cases where Area 52 is good, you're probably winning already. Yeah. You know, like the the margin at which, you know, plus two, plus two on your zombie means that, you know, you eat their plant rather than trading or or just having your zombie get eaten. Doesn't seem like it really comes up, up all that often. 4-4 four, four cheese cutter. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's you do have several cards in here that want to deal damage to the... The opposing player and frenzy does help with that the 8-8 nurse garganchar it sounds so wonderful but i don't think i've actually gotten it to happen yet well sure and i mean and that's kind of exactly what i mean with the win more like if you have a nurse garganchar that deals damage you are probably winning because if you were dying you're probably not dying anymore you probably ate a creature with it and the nurse garganchar probably didn't die and sure attacking again to gain even more life is great but you probably don't need to. Um, and so in, in that case, I would probably play, I mean, I don't know, I don't really have tons of super productive suggestions here. I mean, the I think Vengeful Cyborg is pretty much exactly what you want to be doing. I love it. It's great. It trades with a thing in the early game and then either trades with another thing in the late game or is just a 5-5 that once the board is sort of to your advantage, they have to block. It's the closest thing to drawing a card in this deck. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of um, surprised to see uh, Frozen Mustache, because that does draw a card, but it's also, you know, it's soft removal, but it doesn't really... You need to have a high-statted creature in play to make it work, and your high-statted creatures really start on five, and so... A two-mana removal spell that gets better once you have a five-mana creature in play seems, like, less good against the kind of stuff that you're weak to. I I like Frozen Mustache as a way to prevent the opponent from doing too much damage to you early on. Like, if they're able to buff up, you know, some big 4-4 on, you know, turn two or three, this will protect me from taking a whole bunch of damage before I can actually play some of my bigger cards. And sometimes it gives you a really good card. Sure. There are some good mustache cards, including the one-mana deal two, um, which is, you know, not in faction for this deck. It can give you another mixed-up Gravedigger. It can. Yeah, I always forget which dudes have mustaches. That's, like, not something that I usually pay attention to when I'm looking at the pictures. 
Um, and so like, oh, this guy has a mustache. Like I just learned that um, uh, Shield Crusher Viking counts as a mustache and it has a big beard. And so I guess, okay, it has a mustache. But, you know, when I look at that, I don't think mustache. Yeah, it's going to get even more confusing when they start releasing things like Vacation Synergy. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about your deck? Uh, sure. Yeah, so as I mentioned, my 10x hero this week was uh, Chompzilla. My, my other 10x hero was Brain Freeze, but I don't own Brain Freeze. And so I built a mid-range Chompzilla deck that does what green decks generally want to do, play efficiently statted creatures at the start of the game, like Click P or Black Eyed P or things like that, and you know make good trades. And, uh, and then do what solar decks want to do, which is to set up the Heart of Choke, Venus Flytrap Planet combo. If you have those two together in the same lane, you just deal damage over and over again until you either heal up to full or they block and you stop dealing damage. And so that is um, a, that's a very potent combo. It's a very good way to finish the game. Green decks will sometimes struggle to kind of get over the finish line where, you know, your, your creatures are, are overstatted for being small. So at the beginning of the game, you're making good trades and, you know, they have to spend a creature and a removal spell in order to get rid of your thing. Then in the mid game, you're making even trades because, you know, you're playing, you're both playing four fours at that point. But then by the end, you know, once they start playing gargantuars and other such things, you can get kind of outclassed because, you know, I'm playing, two mana two threes that don't do anything really and you know three mana two ones that draw a card you know those aren't very impressive on turn 10 but chances are they'll have used up most or all of their super block meter by then and then a single activation of the heart of choke venus flytrap combo will just deal them damage over and over again and then you'll win yeah two uh two very powerful archetypes in in one deck between all of the 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 green staples of Lily of the Valley and Click P, as well as the the healing combo of Heart of Choke and Venus Tri- Flytrap Planet. Chomzilla, very good right now. Yeah, for sure, and and two two very strong tribes as well. So, um, beans have the so Click P is a bean, Black Eyed P is a bean, and I think that's all my beans. Um, so those just sort of work well together. It's easy to conjure cards that have bean based synergy. Um, and then the other tribe I've got going on here is flowers because heart of choke is a flower, lily of the valley is a flower, sunflower, sunflower is a flower, flower. Uh, briar rose is a flower. That's the important one. The four mana three four. Or whenever a flower takes damage, destroy the thing that hurt it. So you know your your one mana zero ones that make you sun will can function not only as you know just an ablative thing to you know trade instead of your you're a creature that has power like you normally could, you know, just play a, cre- play a creature with team up in front of your thing that would otherwise be fighting. That's like pretty much what team up plants are about. But in this case, they always trade for the thing that is doing the attacking, no matter what, you know, the zero mana or the one mana zero one kills their a million mana, a million, a million with immune with immune. Yes. That's the other thing is that it doesn't deal damage. It's a triggered ability on Briar Rose. So Briar Rose will just kill it. Even if, you know, they're doing the sports thing and their whole team is immune. Um, and so that's great. And there's a lot of just good incidental flowers. So like cosmic flower draws you a card, then has 
strike through. And so that's a good thing. Lily of the Valley can really go crazy, you know, to, to make the things you play on heights enormous. And that's a flower. So, you know, your, your two mana one, three that, you know, on turn 10 doesn't really do anything can still trade with a thing. If you've got a briar rose going and yeah. And then otherwise I've just got some solar removal spells. I've got uh, water balloons. I've got the mallet. I've got plant food is a good standby uh, green removal spell. Removal or a finisher. If you have something especially big on the board. It's true. Um, and uh yeah the the other thing that i uh should mention is uh solar winds the only or the the environment i'm playing besides the venus flytrap environment it's a two mana environment that says at the end of the turn if there's no zombies in this lane make a sunflower so make a make a thing that gives you a mana next turn um and as i said the combo that i'm trying to set up here is two four mana cards and the way this game works you can't the plant player can't hold up removal spells to defend their creature before combat happens you have to play all your stuff at once so there's really no point in waiting any amount of time waiting any longer than you have to to try to set that combo up and so being able to ramp and being able to get that combo into play either in sequence where you play the environment on the one turn and then play the hardship on the next turn or just quickly get up to eight mana so that you can play them both at the same time, which is how I generally prefer to do it. Solar Winds really helped with that because it's not really a very threatening environment. You know, maybe you overwrite their environment with it, or maybe it just sits there and, okay, sure, they get a Sunflower, like I'll play a creature that does stuff. But that Sunflower does make you mana, and that does get you closer to the combo. And as I mentioned, you know, the incidental Sunflowers do have, you know, tribal synergy with other things going on in the deck. So I'm only playing two of them. I don't think that it's something that I would really want to ever have more than one of in play. So I don't think that it's super, super important, but I think it is a way to set up your combo turn in a circumstance that is also fine if you're not trying to combo. You know, a, a two-man environment is very good at, at, you know, overwriting, you know, a black hole or, or a, a cone zone, grave lane, uh, Medulla, Medulla Nebula, you know, like any of those really nasty zombie environments, just having your environment cost two that so you, so you can also play a creature on the same turn you play it, that's a very good benefit to have. My favorite feature of Solar Winds is if you play it on turn two, the next turn you can play a Briar Rose with a Sunflower in front of it. Ha, <laughs> that's true. I've never had that happen, but that is certainly pretty nasty. The, the um, Looking at your deck here... Um, first off, I'm super jealous you have two Captain Cucumbers, because that guy is awesome. Captain Cucumber is another one of those things, like, like, uh, Space Cowboy, that maybe they pushed a little too hard. Yeah, yeah, let's give Megagro another really powerful tool. What could go wrong? Yeah, I wouldn't be, I mean, I'll be sad if they nerf it, but I, I won't blame them. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the water balloons. Um, okay. It, it, it feels a little, it's always felt a little weak to me for a, for a two mana card. And It is kind of weak. I would I would probably put in either like an extra mallet or an extra sweet pea. I I'm a big sweet pea fan because of how uh, prevalent toxic waste imp is everywhere. Um, I do enjoy sweet pea as well, and I do primarily play sweet pea for toxic waste imp. I actually play the water balloons for toxic waste imp as well because I don't have any amphibious plants in here. The only way I'm going to be able to get anything like that is if I conjure it off like Captain Cucumber or something, and I have run into a number of 
cases where my board is full because I've got, you know, like I have a lily of the valley that they haven't killed yet. I've got, you know, maybe a, a, a cosmic flower that they haven't killed yet or just, you know, maybe a black eyed pea that's big and, you know, they and they haven't been able to kill it yet. And I've there have been times when I've wanted to deal with a toxic waste imp, but didn't have a open lane to play sweet pea in to, to grab it out of the way. And given that you're ramping pretty consistently with this deck, I'm playing Sunflower just by itself, and then I also have the environment that makes them. I pretty much am always doing minus two, minus two when I cast the Water Balloons. And so that's pretty much just for Toxic Waste Imp. And I think that it it's it's like splitting splitting my Toxic Waste Imp hate cards two and two, you know, two, two Sweet Peas and two Water Balloons I, has, has worked out pretty well for me. I'm also a big fan of the mallet right now because there's so many threatening uh, low attack creatures that come out on turn three that it just immediately disposes of, like like the mascot imp or toxic waste or or that little pirate imp guy. Um, so one one other thing I'll say about the the heart of choke combo, a often overlooked piece I think is the the superpower that solar heroes get the the geyser heal your hero and all your plants for four because it is, it is pretty easy to disrupt the heart choke combo because like I say, the, it costs eight mana to set up. If you try to do them one after another in the turn, they'll have time to overwrite the, um, the overwrite the environment because the zombies get to play their environments after you. And so sometimes that can just kind of fizzle, but the, the superpower can you know if you play a heart choke and you have some damaged creatures and you know you've taken some damage to your face you know that that one mana superpower might deal them 10 and uh so that's that's a very strong thing um and it also means that you are incentivized to play creatures with high toughness or high health in this deck which i'm not doing i'm playing a lot of x1s and x3s and things that things that are generally going to trade with a thing or get eaten um and so i think if i had this to do over again I would probably play something like Wingnut, the four mana three seven that says uh, zombies can't do bonus attacks, or just some other thing that has has high health. You know, maybe um, the the flower with strike through that gains your life every turn. Um, I'm not playing that, uh, or you know, something that can can sit there with some damage on it, so that when I do play that geyser spell, I get more healing out of it, um, and hard to choke is to do more damage. And you've been doing well with it on ladder. Yeah, I um, I started the week, you know, at prob at I think rank uh, thirty seven, um, and I I think I'm at forty one now, um, and I've been I've been playing this most of the time. Um, the it it has a lot of game against uh, decks that try to go big, um, because Briar Rose is so good at giving you good trades, and. Because, you know, Click P and Lily of the Valley are so nasty, you know, there are times when you don't even have to try to set up a combo. You can just kind of steamroll them in the beginning of the game. Yeah, turn one, Click P. Turn two, draw two cards and play another Click P. It's great. Sometimes they just quit right there. Yeah, sometimes they do. Well, that about wraps it up for the first episode of the Shroom for Two podcast. And we would love to hear what you think of it. You know, are we too technical? Are we not technical enough? Let us know. Um... We're going to post this on the Plants vs. Zombies Heroes subreddit so that 
for now, will be the best place to give us feedback about our show. We also have shroomfor2.com where you can find all the episodes. Uh, there's not going to be comments there. and There's a link to the Reddit on the website, and so I think that that's going to be where we do most of the talking about the show. But we would love to hear from you. Uh, just how do you play the game? What kind of stuff do you want to hear us talk about? And uh, we'll do our best to, to do what you guys want to hear. All right. And until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Taylor. Taylor.